Uh, welcome, welcome, hello, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. I'm with Joe Oberly with uh, VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com. Joined by Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And boy, oh boy, what we saw last night—it was full moon fever for the Vikings. I don't think they came ready to play. The Bears did come ready to play, but they're just bad. Uh, that's how you explain them. But uh, um, the Vikings were – it was just not a fun game to watch at any stretch of the time. The the uh, offense was offensive. And I'm, I'm going to – you know, I, I usually would say this is the first segment of our podcast. I'm changing this to the turnover segment officially from now on because we have to – we've – Spent so many times talking this first segment over turnovers, and the Vikings had four to the two for the Bears last night, and uh, it was it was incredibly bad. I mean, I, I couldn't believe the way Josh Dobbs was throwing the ball, even when they weren't interceptions. He was total panicked and just firing it up in the air, and he got away with a couple that could have been even worse. One could have been a pick six. I, um, whoa, what happened, Mark? T- tell me, tell me what happened. Well, I will. I'll, I'll edit your opening a little bit. That the defense came ready to play. I, yeah. I think the defense came. Well, both defenses actually, I and mean, the Bears' defense was extraordinary. Uh, I don't think Brian O'Neill is going to enjoy having Montez Sweat in the division. Uh, no, that guy was awesome. Uh, the, the Vikings' defense was awesome. I know. I know we, we're going to talk about what how how they handled the end of the game, but. You know, in a lot of ways, this shouldn't have been in that situation. There was so much stress put on them, and they did such a great job. Um, it's hard to, to say anything negative about the defense, even though we will it toward the end. But, um, you know, just the offense. And this is kind of, you know, it wasn't always going to be, uh, you know, uh, puppies and roses with uh, just with Josh Dobbs like it was in the first two games. I remember I told the story about uh, Kwesi coming up after that um, the Falcons game and saying, have you put him in the hall of fame yet? And it was kind of like, ha ha ha, you know? And then I said, you know, I don't have a problem with how, how excited people got about the Atlanta game or the New Orleans game, but you sort of have to weather some, uh, this is a lot to weather, but you know, this, this is a team that has a quarterback who just showed up. It was not always going to be up there. And I don't think if they continue to go with him, it's not always going to be down where it was yesterday. So somewhere in the middle is where they got to settle because the NFC is, is so bad that, you know, they, they can they can get into the playoffs with just uh, average play, not even average. Yeah, that, that's for true. Yeah, it, well, I, I remember Kevin McHale told me when I used to work at the Timberwolves, he said, you're never as good as they say you are. You're never as bad as they say you are. And, probably the the case with uh uh Dobbs who was someone was saying it on the oh uh, Ron Johnson was saying on the radio yesterday that uh maybe maybe Dobbs was, was uh, reading his clips too much because you know he got all his attention after those first two nah, he's saying maybe I'm not yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. saying it but you know because he got, everybody got caught up in it I mean we everybody was loving the Dobbs and magic but the myth seems to have been busted because uh just you know, I, I'm you know I have blame for the offensive line. He didn't have much time back there, but then he spends too much time looking around. Doesn't know where the players are going to be right away. Doesn't it's not accurate enough to to pass them open, and uh, just really throws some passes that are like uh, rookie quarterback passes where 
you know, it's it's coming in on me. I got to get it rid of it, and I'm going to throw it and see what happens. Maybe I'll get lucky. And oh my God, you can't you can't do that at this level and survive. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I would you know we'll talk about what what we would do, but I would stick with him. But there there would be some some parameters of his last interception was you know that was horrendous. I mean, yeah, you know, being taken down and he's dumping it. I think he's trying to hit C.J. Ham there, but there's there's bodies there's traffic there's all kind you know you can't do that i mean the defense is playing so well you just can't do that um he should have had a pick six uh you know jalen johnson you know had a great game he, you know, he should have had a pick six on that uh earlier in the game um you know there's he threw the ball so hard i mean it did go out there was one that bounced off of addison's hands you know it's like you got to catch it but man that ball was just thrown so incredibly hard uh didn't need to be so yeah i mean right. Josh Dobbs is a, he's a he's a he's a journeyman um there's a lot there to like um you, you want him probably outside the pocket more moving mm-hmm. they, they did a little bit in the second half on one play especially i'm like man just keep doing some of that stuff um but just not enough of that um pressure got to him for sure um you know offensive line could have could have done a lot better for him they could have run the ball a little bit more you know, 17 runs. It's a close game. It's all the way. It's a, you know, like I, I, I joked when they went up, nine, uh, Bears went up 9-3. I said it's a two-score game in this, in the way it's going. Uh, you know, so there was time to, there was, I think there was an opportunity to run the ball more and get Chandler involved. And so the whole thing was just discombobulated right from the start for the offense. You know, it was uh, three of those four uh, interceptions were tips. They're, you know, so that isn't totally his fault, but the one off, uh, like you mentioned, the one off Addison's helmet, it, you know, Kevin O'Connell made a comment after the game about uh, receivers after they make their turn are not getting their head around at times. So I think he might've been referring to that one maybe because if, if uh, Addison's looking a little quicker for it and gets his hands up there, then it doesn't hit him in the face mask and is picked. So you can't blame it all on him, but you have to blame a lot on Dobbs because the, the the man has the most turnovers in the league this season, 17. He has one more than Josh Allen, who has a lot every year. And, uh, boy, four in this game. And I think, what did he have, you know, a few against Denver? and and. Well, I mean, yeah, he had, you know, two against Atlanta whenever he was – he just arrived on Tuesday and threw him in there, you know, in the first quarter and – um, you know, they, they're mugging him and, and, you know, hitting him for a safety. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just going to be some turnovers, but there's some that the one, I, the, the last one for me was like, come on now, you know, you, as much as you are, this, this is a bad situation for you. You're trying to make it a good situation. That's just inexcusable here. Be- right. He's better than that. He's got um, to be turn your head around. That could also be that deep ball, maybe where Addison is wide open. That's a little bad throw, but maybe, you know, it's hard to say from our angle. Like if, if Addison sees it quicker, he catches it and is able to get him by, you know, put his feet down, whatever. We also got to remember that um, this team was, uh, and I, I'm not a doctor. I didn't examine Justin Jefferson, but, you know, seven games for a hamstring is a, is extremely, I would say, very uh, heavy on the cautious side. Um, not available to them in in two critical games. I said last week, I thought, I didn't think that this could be a game where you just roll out there and you beat the Bears at home. Uh, I felt that Justin, you know, uh, again, 
didn't examine it, but I certainly got, you know, reading the tea leaves, reading between the lines. This was like, hey, we got a bye week coming up. We, I think we can beat the Bears without him, you know. And so now you, know, you, know, you lose a division game. You know, I sure would have liked to have been throwing that last uh, third down pass to uh, Justin Jefferson as opposed to Brandon Powell. So mm-hmm. to me, if, if there was that case, they got burned by it. If there was a case of he's ready to go, we could play him. But let's just take another week. I'm sure the contract on, on Jefferson's side, and rightfully so, you know, he's probably a little cautious himself because of the contract. Um, so, you know, to me, that, that also has to be weighed in as the fact that they, they took, you know, these last two weeks, especially this one, I feel like Jefferson maybe could have been on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, quick question. It's not, in, didn't have it in the agenda, but, you know, if it's speaking of Addison, yeah, there was the one out of bounds. He could have made a better an adjustment if he knew where he was in the field because that kid is great on the sidelines. But then there's the first offensive play of the game throw it down there and into double coverage and Addison makes a nice play on it. And he's claiming after the game that it was a catch. It never touched the ground. Did you feel like, did you get a good look at that at, at any time? And if so, if, if, if that is made a catch, that kind of turns the changes, the complexion of that game right out of the yeah, game. I, I don't think it was. I mean, I, I thought that it, it, it came out. I mean, the way catches are in the NFL, you basically have to hold on to it till you get home at night and, and yeah. hand it to someone else. I mean, so so you got to really uh, you know judge whether you challenge something like that. I thought it came out at you know it, it, at some point it, you know it, it, toward the end of it. Now, if you reviewed it and looked at it six hundred different ways, like we always do, um, I still think it would have been they would have said it was it was the the call on the field would have stood. I believe. Yeah. So uh, you know. Uh, uh, O'Connell was saying it because he, he said something about, you know, I have some some plays I'd like back. And then I about two, three questions later, I followed up with like, hey, well, you know, what, you know, what's going through your mind when you said that? And he did mention that maybe, you know, you don't take I, I sort of like that shot at the beginning because um, that can just do so such so so many good things for you. But it also puts you in second and ten and then. You know, they they go through the entire first quarter. They only had the ball for a minute thirty nine. They ran three plays for minus seven yards. So um, while that was a you know high risk reward, you know the it put them behind the chains, and then they were kind of screwed. And they I think that second down they threw the pass where got negative yard seven on it, whatever. Um, so that was one. He's like, maybe we should, we don't go for it like on you know that first play. And he mentioned some other plays, but. Yeah, I, I yeah I wouldn't challenge it because I don't think you would have won it, and then you lose a challenge, you lose a timeout and a challenge on the first snap of the game. Yeah, that, that is the tough. First snap for the, the offense. Um, the problem for me was though they take that shot and it was it was a legitimate shot. It was it was risk, but it, you know it, I I like them taking it, but I don't think they threw down the field the rest of the game until they hit Hawkinson for the touchdown late in the fourth it's like you know it was all just dinking dunking and runs that didn't work and i mean you mentioned the offense had uh, they compiled 20 yards in the in the with you know at, at the 506 mark in the in the second quarter with 506 remaining they had 20 p- yards plus 45 penalty yards that's their offense goodness right. you know i yeah, mean Point take why, why not take one of these plays that you aren't you know is not going to work against the number one rush defense and and 
and open it up and throw it downfield, even if it is complete. And even if it is intercepted, it's way the hell downfield. It's almost like a punt, you know? Yeah. I mean, and going back to what we just talked about, it, that first play of the game, uh, I, I like Justin Jefferson's chances a lot better yeah. in, that, in that situation um, than I do. You know, Addison's great. You know, Addison's a different player. He's uh, you know younger, uh, and Jefferson's the best receiver in the league. You know, that's a that's a that's not a fifty fifty ball. That's more uh, and even with with two defenders there, that's Jefferson's ball. Well, he would have returned uh, his hamstring mark on the first play of the game, and then where yeah. are you? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm tempering this because I don't know his hamstring situation, but I I'm just saying it feels everything shouts that you know the player is ready, but we're taking that extra because of the bye week. Yeah, I think he play if, if the bye week would have been four weeks ago. My right. game, we can't prove this stuff, but my guess played. is he would have played. It's a good point. You know, it just it just didn't fit. You know, it's great. You know, he'll be one hundred and fifty percent on two weeks from now, but you still lost to the Bears. Well, let's let's talk about the the, the first big elephant in the room. Uh, one of them is uh, what's going to happen at the quarterback situation because when he was asked after the game. Kevin O'Connell was not uh, full-throated in his support of Josh Dobbs continuing as the starting quarterback. In fact, he said he thought about at one point uh, throwing in Mullins just to see if he could give him a spark. So if he's thinking about him there in that situation, after seeing four four uh, picks in front of him and some really erratic passes, uh, what do you think is going to happen there? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, Seifert had to ask, actually ask it twice because O'Connell started to answer and just you know went all over the place. And then he's like, oh, just to clarify, did you think about it? And um, he did think about it, like, like bringing a spark. But, you know, obviously he ruled against it because I think, at, uh, you know, the guy that's throwing all your interceptions is your spark maker. He's your guy. Nick Mullins isn't going to be able to create um, good out of chaos the way – Dobbs can, unfortunately, Dobbs just kept creating chaos, you know, chaos on top of chaos. But I still think that, you know, going forward, you know, let's give Dobbs another game with Justin Jefferson. Let's give him a, let's give him a game and, and, and somehow pound into him some of these careless throws. Uh, Cause I still feel like when you're in this situation, Nick Mullins, isn't going to elevate you. Um, Jared Hall, I don't think is going to. Jared Hall is going to be kind of starting all over again with a a guy who, you know. Granted, he was here in the spring and all that stuff, but I just feel yeah, like, that's my thought. Someone that's been looking at the, yeah, the defense all season, what you know. Maybe. I know, but you know, it, it's 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 just him. It's him at TCO, you know, with uh, just throwing the ball around. It's not the yeah, not the in game like you know that Josh Dobbs. I guess I would weigh the totality of what Josh Dobbs has done. You can say he's one and two as a Viking starter, but he's really two and two. I mean, he didn't start the Atlanta game, but he came yep. in right away. He's the one that won that game. So I look at him as a guy who's won two games for you. Um, he's played four. He's won two games for you, and he had a hell of a lot to do with winning those games. So to me, I go, I go one him. more with him. I go one more, at least one more with him. See what he can do with Jefferson. Um, it's a get a hell of a lot to do with those losses, though, Mark. Well, sure, he did, yeah, sure, he did. But I also feel like, um, you know, we'll talk about it, but yeah, I don't think that Kevin O'Connell did him any favor that fourth no. and seven. That 
that to me, I, you know, I asked him about it and his explanation um, justifies his, his reasoning. But it also, and, and I'm, you know, much farther down the, uh, <laughs> the food chain when it comes to this stuff, but it justified my feeling of why you would punt the ball, um, you know, trust in your defense. I guess yeah. I, you know, I, in that moment, I would like to have seen, uh, I would like to have seen uh, Kirk Ferentz come up 35 and, and, and make the, the decisions on that one and, you know, punt that ball and get, get the defense and get the ball back where you, where you punted it and try again. You know, it's a three, three yeah. game in the third quarter. It was, uh, it was pretty risky. And uh, you hear somebody talking about it too. They've got a lot of blame on Hawkinson. He doesn't run a, a seven yard rod. He runs a, a six yard rod and doesn't get to the sticks and, and, Ron Johnson was saying, you know, as a receiver, former for the Gophers and the Steelers and what have you, but he uh, he says, when you're told to run a seven-yard route, you run a seven-yard route to get to the sticks, you know, and uh, if you don't, that's that's on the receiver as yeah, well. Yeah, but as a play caller, I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking, you know, there are, especially when you're in a 3-3 game and your offense hasn't done much, uh, you've turned the ball over, your your defense deserved better than that because there's you could say, well, he should have done this, he should have. There's a lot of things that, that are going to go wrong, um, when it's, especially when it's fourth and seven. Now, fourth and three, I still, you know, maybe punt it on that one, but I don't have as much a problem with the fourth and three uh, as I do the fourth and seven. It's so many yeah. things could have gone wrong, and they did go wrong. It is. It, it, it's funny. Kevin McConnell, two weeks in a row, all, all of a sudden you, he's conservative where you don't think he should be, and he's uh, – uh, kind of wild and and gutsy and taking some risks when you don't think he should be as well it's like i mean in the uh his, his play calling on that last drive it gets a lot of of grief and i was you know i was not happy i said all you have to do is get a first down pretty much and they can salt this one away but you know they had a little ways for but they go down there and get in position for a uh a field goal because that's all they needed in this two score this <laughs> field goal only game. You know, they should have, you know, they had the two runs up the middle to uh, what's his name, uh, Madison. And then, and then the one yard pass or loss to uh, Powell screen pass. It just didn't seem like they, they seemed really risk averse calls. Like you're trying to protect your quarterback who's already thrown four picks in the game. Maybe. I, I don't know. What did you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I, it, you have to be careful because you are just throwing the ball. <laughs> you know, it should have been five interceptions at that point. Yeah. Um, you're protecting him, but also you're just lining up like it's 1930 and it's like, you know, you're just going to, you're going to overwhelm him. Well, you're not that type of team. And also in that situation, now, give me Ty Chandler, give me Ty Chandler who can find a crease a little. That's one of my five extra points is you're throwing things together at the end of the game um, was, you know, he, he has four touches. Those are two touches that I, that I, I frankly, and, and you could say, well, you know, Madison's the older guy. Madison's the more fumble prone guy. Mm -hmm. So Madison is more of a likely to fumble and Madison is more, less likely to find a crease. Give it to, Ch give it to uh, Chandler. <laughs> um, yeah, Chandler the got the start. The third ball play is just a total, you know, it's just a total give up. You know what that did? What I think what they set out to do was we're going to get them to spend their last two timeouts, um, and then you know, uh, and then then they our defense. They're out of timeouts, uh, and then they then they blow the punt. You know, then then uh, Ryan Wright I think kicks a twenty six yard punt, doesn't even put it inside the twenty. Right. Um, so 
Yeah, it, I, oh. it's conservative. Uh, I, I would have been a little more aggressive in that in that situation, or I would have, you know, it just, you know, this team is not going to line up and just run. You know, they did have a 21-yard. Madison always comes out of halftime. It has one good burst in the third quarter, it seems. Um, but they're just not a team that's going to line up and run, you know, and get, you know, five, six yards. On a, you know, they just they get, they get stonewalled too quickly, especially Madison. You know, it's curious. Uh, uh, Ty Chandler got the start for what it's worth, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, in name only. But then he gets uh, four carries uh, for eight yards compared to Madison's 10 carries for 52 yards. And he has the better game. I, uh, you know, why did that once again, why did why did uh, uh, KLC do that? Because everybody's crabbing about they want to see Chandler start. And then they start. Yeah, him I, him the I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Um I think Seaford mentioned that something about uh, you know not wanting to embarrass a popular uh, veteran player. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if that's the case. I it could you know to me I, it's baffling, and I would like to to know more from from O'Connell. Just uh, you know, everyone sees it. He's got to see it. Um, let's 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 see it. <laughs> let's see more Chandler, and you know the twenty-one yard run by Madison. You know, frankly, there's a there's a uh, at the end a cut maybe made a Chandler makes. Yeah. Again, he can't prove stuff like that, but yeah, he might have that 21 yarder might have been a touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Madison is a good player. It's just I feel like you got a better guy who can give you more, you know, more pop, more, uh, you know, and he's uh, what's what's baffling is that he's not the one fumbling too. So yeah. Uh, well, I heard him mention on the broadcast, and you weren't privy to that. Was you know, and it's something that we had talked about last week was that Chandler is not as good in pass protection as uh, uh, Alexander as Madison is. Uh, so maybe that's why he doesn't get in there as much. I don't know. Chandler getting the start, but not the carries. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like like we we've said all along. It's like you know, I would like to have seen more of Acres. Yeah, I'd like to see more of Chandler. Um, you know, Madison had the 21 yard run as we talked about. Um, but it feels like, you know, there's some, some, at the end of that run, there's, you know, like there's maybe a crease where Chandler is the guy who can find the crease and he, he maybe that's a longer run than 21. It's a touchdown. Uh, I just feel like, you know, especially when you're talking about the ball security, uh, you know, Madison's the guy who's fumbled. <laughs> he's a bigger risk when it comes to fumbling. And he's less likely to hit a crease than Chandler. So, Chandler is your faster guy. Is your you know more uh, instinctive guy, and he seems to protect the ball more. Now, is it because of his pass protection? Yeah, I mean, as we said, like last week, it was there was were two plays in the Broncos game. One where he picks up the pass protection, I think, in the red zone, and they get a completion. But also, there's one where he couldn't do it, and it ends up hitting Dobbs's arm, and it becomes that interception that the Broncos get at the nine yard line, of, and they take it in, or they only kick a field goal. Um, so. Yeah, it, I I would just like to know more from Kevin O'Connell. Just like what is the what is the real reason? I, I don't know if it, um, if you're just wanting to um, protect a veteran that's well respected, you know, in the locker room. But I, to me, it's like it's about production. I feel like you get more out of uh, you get more out of Chandler, uh, and certainly at least split it up a little better. Like the Broncos game, they both had. Uh, it seemed like you know. Uh, that was kind of a good mix, and although I'd like to still like to see more of Chandler, uh, but yeah, I feel like that you could improve your running game just by kind of uh, 
allocating some more carries uh, to the other guys. Well, I think, uh, you know, that, that it's time for now for them, uh, for us to take a quick break so that I can give uh, KOC a call and find out exactly what's going on. Yeah, here. I, I, can you tell them it's like if, if I, have me be one of their, uh, their, their uh, master, uh, situational masters. I mean, I could, maybe I could be a situational master. No, you're from Cleveland. He'll only tell guys from Minnesota. So why don't you guys, we'll take a short break. Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, uh, when I asked you in the first segment about Dobbs and uh, you, you said what they should do, they should give him one more game and, and, and let him figure it out. But is that what you think the Vikings will do? What do you think the Vikings will do in this quarterback situation going forward? Because they obviously were thinking about it. Well, I think looking at uh, Kevin O'Connell's, uh, the wheels were turning as he's answering that question of, you know, basically, did you think about it? Will you make a quarterback change? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think they know. I think that they are going to spend this, uh, the bye week as you usually do, you know, uh, self-scouting and doing all that stuff and, self-evaluating, taking a breather, letting everybody get healthy. But, you know, they are really going to be thinking, you know, what gives us the spark? What, you know, to me, uh, they don't, I don't feel that they, that they know yet. They're going to spend this week uh, really thinking about that and, and have a plan, you know, at the end of the week and so that they can deliver it whenever they get, everybody gets back on Sunday or month, probably Monday. Um, I honestly don't think that they know yet. And, um, you know, for, for my opinion would be, you know, tell Josh Dobbs, you know, get him, you know, you're, you're no longer the, you're no longer the nation's darling. You're no longer the rocket man or astronaut or astro quarterback, whatever he was, you know, you are a journeyman quarterback. You're a journeyman quarterback on your 15th team. Uh, you have a lot of limitations. Everything you throw up is not going to come down as a, as a, as a golden ticket. Um, you got to play within your limitations. No more throwing the ball up, um, because I, you stick with him. A, because I want to see him with Justin Jefferson. Some of these throws that you know, some of these throws that he's making, Justin Jefferson is going to make catches. Yeah, um, and so give him that opportunity. But also, he's the guy that can get that when everything's breaking down, he can get get away from it and make the good things like he did in Denver, like he did in Atlanta, like he did against the Saints. Uh, you know, even though Denver, they lost, there was, you know, talk about that, that touchdown run he had, the touchdown pass that he had. You know, those were, uh, frankly, the run was probably better than Patrick Mahomes, but the touchdown pass where he went to the sideline, that's Patrick Mahomes stuff. Yeah. Uh, so he can give you that. So, but he's got to understand that he's not, he didn't just all of a sudden become Joe Montana slash Steve Young because right. we, everybody fell in love with his story. Um, he's just got to dial it back, and they got to dial him back a little bit. So uh, Jefferson's what, what been, give him one more shot at least. Yeah, Jefferson's been practicing, but he hasn't done a full practice yet. Um, do you think he will be? There'll be a lot of rust there when he comes back, um, or he should be ready to go since he has been practicing a bit. I think he'll be ready because I think that they they went, you know, above and beyond the, I, you know, just again, it, having seen hamstrings, you know, what, what it typically takes, and then just how they typically now are, are treating players. Plus, you're talking about a guy who's, 
one of the best players in the league. So, and he doesn't have his contract extended. So there's a lot of things going into this, why it's taken so long. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I think he's, he's ready. They, they've, they've amped him up. They've ramped him up. Now they got the bye week Uh, You know, he should be Justin Jefferson right out of the gate. I would think because I think they've certainly given it enough time to heal. Maybe the, by then the fantasy football players and the gamblers will leave him alone and, and uh, the whole the whole deal with uh, Justin Jefferson has to shut down his social media because everybody was just giving him hell about not getting back on the field. You know, I did. Yeah, so- I mean, I, you know, you listen to these guys. You listen to poor Alexander Madison earlier in the year when it was racial stuff and everything. You know, part of my heart aches for these younger guys because, you know, that's their life and that's their they they, they like it. But it's like to me, the answer is so simple. It's just. <laughs> You know, put it away. Get off like he did. You got off of the social media. Yeah. Stay off of it. I mean, it's it's just torture. Someone said, "Well, yeah, that'd be like telling you to stop reading the newspaper or stop, uh, you know, doing whatever old guys do." And I'm like, "Well, the difference in that is when I'm reading the newspaper, like from someone from my generation, I said I'm not like angry at the world and someone's coming at me. I said if if like if I hit my hammer with a thumb and and it hurts and I don't like it." I'm not going to just wake up every morning and keep hitting my thumb, you know, and stop it. So, you know, stop doing what's causing you so much uh, turmoil and, and anger. And because those people that you're either fighting with or you're looking, you know, with, with Madison, he had to like, uh, whatever he was on, he had to go like into two different, you know, he had to go after these people to see what they were saying. And it's like, why they're always going to be there there's always going to be a filth in society just blank you know it's uh someone uh, has a great saying it's like you know uh, what you think of me is none of my business because i don't care you know it's like that is good people (laughs) think of you should be none of your business because there's going to be people that think things and say things and and so just eliminate that for your own good i uh i smashed my my thumb you can see that this weekend, oh. and uh, it significantly impaired my ability to do this. So it's probably a good thing to smash your thumb and then well, you know, you know, tweet. Did you, did you get up the next morning and do it again? You know, it's, no, no, I did you, not. I did no, not. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to give the defense some some kudos here. Uh, you know, it's got to be frustrating for them. Uh, after last year, the offense carries this team to a to a, a thirteen and four record you know, the best Vikings record in years. And now it just completely flip-flops where the offense can't is suddenly not able to to uh, win games that the the uh, defense keeps them in. Uh, they played great yesterday, and you've mentioned it already. They, uh, you know, they they were uh, – I, I just thought, you know, Josh Metellus, once again, fantastic game. Sheldon Day, newcomer to the team with with a fumble recovery and, and a sack, I believe, he had a great game. Uh there, there was a lot of standouts on there. Daniil Hunter with another good game. And, you know, they kept him in it. They they made some bad plays, significantly that one where at the end where they leave, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Moore, DJ Moore wide open down the middle to set him up for the field goal. But, uh, um, you know, before I ask the question about the, the final series, you know, talk to me about what you thought, how the defense played yesterday. Oh, I thought they were outstanding. And Josh Metellus, I mean, you know, as a voter for All Pro and stuff like that, um, I feel like this guy needs he needs so he needs some plug as a 
potential. Yeah. I don't know about if he's going to make all pro, but um, <laughs> certainly Pro Bowl. I mean, this guy is the, you know, I think Daniel Hunter is the engine on the defense, but th- this guy is a, is right there. I mean, this is like, this is a, he went from a special teamer to an integral, like, piece of, of, of a very good defense. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the opposite of last year. You know, it hurts losing your quarterback. I think uh, uh, even the Kirk hater, well, maybe not the Kirk extreme haters, but even the Kirk haters, the mild haters would say that they, they win that game with Kirk yesterday. Uh, yeah. yesterday. So, uh, you know, they're five and what, five and seven and one score games now. It's sort of going back to 2021 with Zim when it was six and eight yeah. uh, in, in one score. And then it was 11 and 0 last year. Uh, last year was the extreme on like everything good happening. Now you're just seeing a kind of a mixture of, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be bad. Uh, but the I defense, you know, tackling early. first half, they throw two interceptions. The defense gets a three and out. And then the next one, I believe was four. And then they punted, um, you know, that that's a, extraordinary. Uh, just how they, you know, Dobbs kept putting them in bad situations and, uh, and, they, and they stood up just like they did in Denver. You know, three turnovers in Denver, they give up only nine points. Uh, this time, the first two turnovers in the first half, it's it's punts right away, and they barely move the ball. Um, you know, they overcame that, but and I'm sure we'll get into it here soon, but, you know, the fourth and seven, to have to also overcome your head coach's impatience in that situation was, a, was an unfair to that defense and something he should not have done to that defense at that point. He's talking about getting the off, having the offense get a spark at that moment, wanting that. You know, to me, that was, uh, you know, if that doesn't work, then it's it's taking your defense, putting them in another stressful situation at midfield, and uh, it just wasn't fair to them because it's a three-three game. There's 12 minutes left in the third quarter. It's it was a terrible thing to do to your defense with how it was playing. Kind of taking them for granted a little bit that they're gonna. They're gonna uh, fix your mistakes for you, um, and and that's what I felt happened with uh, his decision to be conservative in the final drive. So oh, our defense is playing great; they'll hold them up well. Things changed, and you know, I, let, they changed on defense as well. In the past two games, we asked this last week: why why do the blitzes, which have been there most of the game, go away in that last series, and they play that kind of shell that opens up up the middle for for Fields to pick them apart. I mean, the, what they rushed, couldn't get home. They, they put some pressure on them, but you know, with a quarterback like that, he can, he can move around and buy himself some time and throw a pass. And I, I guess I, I don't know why they're making that significant change and why, you know, why not bring the house once at least once to make sure they know that you're still going to do that because fields looks great with no timeouts racing up the field that last series and in, in the game. Well, was- I mean, they sort of like, they hamstrung themselves in, in two regards. One, they didn't they didn't rush. They rushed three on the one, and then um, no more than four. Uh, but there was one one situation where you know on paper it looks good. You had you rushed three, and you had uh, Anthony Barr as your spy. Well, you know in the open field, Anthony Barr against Justin Fields, you can have your spy, but your spy still has to be able to catch the guy. He couldn't catch him, so Fields ran for the. Uh, ran for the first down, I believe. And then there was a, uh, maybe the long pass was when uh, I think uh, Ivan Pace became the spy. Uh, so you're, you're taking one guy away from coverage. One guy, one guy's basically standing there doing, you know, doing what we're doing, watching fields. 
<laughs> and, and, and in Barr's case, you know, he was like us because he was watching fields and like us, he couldn't catch couldn't him. Catch him. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so it's a great to have a spy, but you better have a, a fast spy. Uh, that's one, one thing that made, uh, you know, back when Osamoa was a factor uh, last year as a rookie, <clears throat> he had that ability to kind of be the spy and catch guys and do different things. Like with Kyler Murray, there was, he had a decent play, I think. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what happened at the end. I, you know, that third, uh, the third down, I think on the third down when he doesn't run, doesn't go all out. And mm-hmm. I was listening to the, you know, Troy Aikman said, I'm, I'm a little stock shocked. And he said, no, I'm a lot shocked that they didn't go after him because he was having trouble with that. I think what maybe what Brian Flores is thinking in that situation, because it's third and 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he throws it, you know, that's the long one to, to Moore that basically wins the game. Uh, Flores might be thinking of that fourth and 10 in the first half when it's, they, they sent seven people and, you know, it was, it was all or nothing. And they had the big, you know, fourth and 10 conversion of like 25 yards right. to the tight end. So, it's maybe it's part of that, but I, I think uh, I would like to have seen, uh, you know, heavy pressure in that situation and, and you know, go, you know, if you're going to lose, go, go that way route as opposed to having a spy and you don't really have a, everybody in coverage. And yeah. I, I agree with you. you know, Brian Baldinger, who does these reviews of plays uh, each week, which are great. Uh, you can see him, see him on Twitter X or, and uh, he talked about that, play that you just talked about not not the one to more but the one to commit where they they rush seven and all of a sudden the other guys were back they, he says he says people are going to copy this play because because everybody's doing the zero blitz the vikings lined up in the zero blitz had seven on the line rushed them on they had like three or four back and so they send some receivers to take those guys out and you got this big open area and with a quarterback like fields he kept fading back fading back fading back just buying time till Komet broke out there wide open and gets the the 25 yard he goes Baldinger says if people are going to copy this play against the zero blitz since everybody is, is yeah. Like yeah I don't know if it'll be as as easy because boy they I mean they did have to block a little bit they had they had to slow those guys down you got yeah. the Neil Hunter and uh, there's a lot of bodies coming at him uh you know Typically, what would happen in that situation? Someone's going to get through, and, and you're not going to have that much time. But yeah, I agree. It's um, it's, it's just a really good, you know, anticipating. I'm sure they anticipated that, and uh, you know, that first drive up until Ivan Pace had the sack on second and eight in the, at the 24. You know, the Bears were dinking and dunking and getting down the field, and uh, they converted their first three third downs. And then after that, the two teams combined to go 0 and 11 on the next. 11 third downs and it started with Ivan Pace having a really good you know a rush off the edge mm-hmm. uh, and in that, that you know hats off to Daniel Hunter too because that that play design where, where uh, Ivan Pace comes off the the right tackle um, it, it it's set up by Daniel Hunter going inside as basically a rush decoy the tackle you know comes down and then it's just Ivan Pace on the running back Mm-hmm. And Pace has a great move and sacks, uh, you know, has his first yeah. NFL full sack. Uh, so a lot of good things from what the defense did. It, it, you know, we can beat them up at the end, but man, they played well enough to win uh, hands down. Uh, if the Bob, just participate, if the if the offense just chips in a little bit, uh, right. Bottom line on this defense: the Vikings have allowed one touchdown in their last eight quarters of football and have lost both games. Think about that. 
Yeah, you know, and, and part of me thinks, you know, uh, it, it hats off to O'Connell for you know hiring uh, uh, Brian Flores, but you know what's going through your head when you're high, you know. I granted it's you know his first head coaching job, but he has a hires Donatel, which was a it didn't take long to find out that it was not a good fit, and then B um, he made some reference to someone asked about last week about uh, Flores getting head coaching, uh, you know uh, nibbles and everything and being you know, being speculation about being a head coach and and uh, you know O'Connell went on and on about how good a job he's done and he goes yeah he goes. Uh, you know, uh, I think Vikings fans are happy with what he's done with our, you know, how he's cha- he's helped our core players, and uh, it's good to see number twenty-two Harrison Smith, you know, down near the line and, and getting involved in rushing. And like, goes fans are probably happy about that. He goes, I'm happy about that too. And it was kind of like, you know, we we all knew by the end of well, by the middle of last year that he, he didn't like what Donatell was doing, and he was trying to tell Donatell to do things differently, but Donatell didn't do it. So it's like, hey, you know. If you had this defense last year, if they had the, the, what they're doing now on defense in, in that Giants game, you know they they advance. You know they yeah. win a playoff game last year. So, um, you know it's just kind of like one of those where uh, maybe it's part of Vikings history. It's part of a lot of teams' history where you're good. You know, hey, I'm good at you know offense, and the defense is down. I'm good at defense, the offense is down. So it's trying to match it all up. Uh, you know, at the same time. If the season ended today, they wouldn't be advancing because they'd be playing the 49ers. But we'll talk about that in the next segment. Well, they beat the 49ers, though. Yeah, I know. I think you only get to do that once in a <laughs> season myself. Uh, right. It's time to talk about Ryan Wright's punting. He's 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 having a, a bad season. And you've brought it up more than several times. There was a couple weeks ago, or was it last week, that he just – you know, put him in bad – couldn't put him in a good situation to to hold on, help to contribute – to the win by by pinning the team back there. He he's he can boom them if he's got to hit a long one, but it, it, this year his touch inside his 20 has been bad. I think he only had one touchback last year and he's had like uh eight or nine of them this year when you know when when he'd rather be pinning them deep. Uh just not having the season is he that we we expected. No, and I think there was two in Denver where uh we talked about last week where Najee Najee Thompson didn't yeah, he got, he got out of position and didn't. He, you know, the ball bounces in the inside the five. You know, you're kind of counting on your your gunner there to to be there to catch it. Um, but yeah, you know that it's just a terrible time to hit a. You know, whenever you're hit, your I forget where they were, but it's only it's only a 26 yard punt. You don't get inside the 20. You know, if you put that ball inside the five, even inside the 10, the stress level on the Bears goes through the roof. The, the crowd is even bigger, um, you know, and, and you got to hit, you got to hit that. That's just a horrendous punt that goes. I didn't even see it on the replay where it came down. I mean, twenty-two yard line. Mike. Well, it, it, I think it was twenty, yeah, twenty-six. I think, and wow. it's it's you know it goes out of bounds. It, it obviously it, it went off the side of his foot or something. I could see where they're trying to angle it, but it's come on. I mean, you know, uh, the good punters, you know, find a way to. Maybe maybe they're not using him enough. They if they would have used him on those other two, like I said, you know, maybe be a little warmed up. I guess. Did you want to even did them to try the sixty-one yard field goal? I did not. No, I mean, but you know, uh, when O'Connell says, you know, again, different different times of the game and everything, but 
O'Connell says, you know, you don't want to you don't want to leave the ball at midfield. You know, it's, no. a, it's a field position battle. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> but you went for it on fourth and seven at midfield <laughs> in your territory. Uh, you, and you handed the ball to him there. So I don't know. No, I, I don't. I think they, they know they have a pretty good feel for whether a guy can make it or not. And 61. So uh, that's out of Joseph's range it, uh, on any consistent basis. I'm just fine with that. And it's easier for us to sit here and speculate after the fact, isn't it? Oh, yeah. than, we always fact. win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we'll We're take it. We'll, t- we'll take a quick break while Mark uh, looks at his undefeated record from the from the uh, press box. And uh, we'll be right back with Vikings Territory Breakdown. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark, uh, uh, i got a quick question for all this talk about uh, what are they going to do with a quarterback situation. Do you think old Kirk is smiling a little bit somewhere in the offseason? I mean, I know he doesn't want the team to lose, uh, I don't think. But it, is it okay that he sees a, a – a subpar performance from Dobbs is oh that'll that 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 might get me uh some better negotiation come spring. Yeah, you know I don't know that Kirk's I don't think he's wired that way, but I think just a realistic. I mean I think I think that he he wants them to do well. Uh, he's got so much invested in this team, and you know th- these are basically family for him. Um, I can't see him going. Oh, I'm glad they lost, but in a realistic you know realistic situation. It's it's immensely good for him because, you know, as we were talking about last week when it last week when it was even though they'd lost or was it two weeks ago? What do they do at quarterback? What do they do at quarterback next year? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, he, Dobbs is doing a six seven week audition. And it's like, you know, right now we don't know if Dobbs is going to be the next quarterback. If I mean, we know it's not going to be Nick Mullins. We know it's not going to be Jaron Hall. It's either going to be Dobbs, Kirk Cousins, or or a combination of, I don't think you get Kirk and Dobbs, uh, but maybe yeah. uh, there's so many ways it can go. And, you know, you come out of this game and when you're putting the, you know, you're putting pebbles on each pile, you know, this is a big boulder in the, Hey, we still need Kirk pile. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen going forward. I, right. you know, so it's, it's fascinating to watch. It could be, it could be Kirk. It could be, because Kirk's not going to give them some, you know, hometown discount and play for nothing even though he's coming off the uh, the achilles uh, i don't see him signing just like he didn't last year coming into this year he's not going to sign for less than what daniel jones got and daniel jones is getting 40 million uh so it's going to cost you a lot to get kirk and so it's kind of fun to watch it play out maybe what kirk will do is retire and be a golf course owner because in this magazine I, I i i'm the managing editor of it and mark writes for it as well and Mark did a, a cover story on Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk, if you can see him. He bought a, uh, a golf course in Michigan that he grew up playing on. And Mark wrote the story about him. And uh, it looked like Kirk was at least smiling because you had a little interaction with him regarding the Minnesota Golfer magazine there, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, whenever the access period opens, I mean, there's this gig- long – there's this long hallway that you, you know, to go to the locker room. It, it reminds me of the hallway that, that Dorothy and the Tin Man, and they, they had to walk to go see the wizard. You know, it's like this. You know. um, and I'm walking and I hear, hey, Mark, hey, Mark. And then um, I turn around. It's Kirk on his little, you know, scooter. which has got, you know, where you put your knee on it and your, your Achilles, you know, he's got his boot, you know, his uh, Achilles. 
And he's going, yeah, I saw, I saw the golf. Someone sent me the golf article. And I, I said, well, what would you, you think? He said, oh, I really liked it. I really liked it. So, and then we talked during this, you know, quarter mile hallway or whatever it is, <laughs> um, just about, you know, golf. And uh, it's a great story because uh, you talk, I talked to some of the, Kirk stays very close to his high school buddies. So I don't know if, you know, go on the website or whatever to, to read it or, you know, go out, out of uh, bookstores. Or I think you can get the magazine. Well, um, mngolfer.com, mngolf.org is where the, the you can find it online. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a good story about uh, the guy that Kirk worked with to buy the, you know, Kirk bought the the golf course and the guy that's owned it. Um, the, you know, the golf course is like over 100 years old, and Kirk has an appreciation for golf course history. So I had a chance to talk to him about, you know, just and his buddy. He's very close to his high school uh teammates that he played uh, football with and uh, you know they the guy was that i talked to was his old receiver um and he was talking about just you know kirk's personality on the golf course and just uh, uh kirk in general i think he's, he said he's 11 handicap he's never broken 80 so and I, I i said when you get close do you choke like the rest of us you know so uh, the <laughs> kirk haters would, would say yes he probably does choke and uh but he just doesn't play enough he he's uh um, I think once he finishes and his, his boys get older, he, you know, he said, I, one thing I'm going to have as an owner, I get the first tee time with my boys on uh, Saturday morning. So I was like, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think uh, you can uh, they might let you get you. that. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a fun story to tell about Kirk, who is a good guy and uh, just about his love of golf and his buying this, why he bought this, uh, this uh, golf course and everything. But uh, and it was also fun to talk to him as we're going down. I, I was like, you know, having never been injured, and what what's it like? He's like, he just like pause. He goes, it's just, because it's just weird. He goes, it's just you know, like, it's it's uh, it's Sunday, and I'm, you know, like, yeah, you know, he's just never been used. He's never been hurt. He's you know, he's in what thirty six now, thirty five, thirty six. Uh, he's never had to deal with anything like this. But you know, a typical Kirk, he's he's throwing everything into it. To uh, he's not finished playing by any stretch. After this weekend, that's good to hear. Uh, you know, 11, 11 handicap for someone who is a part-time player is pretty darn good. You know that once he puts his time and effort to playing golf, he's he's going to break 80 and probably even better. Um, wanted to touch on a few things that happened around the league this week. Frank White Reich got the axe as coach out in uh, Carolina, the 1-10 in 10 Carolina Panthers, where Adam Thielen went this offseason. Uh, not wholly unexpected. He's the second coach this year. They already lost John, Josh, uh, what's his name out in Vegas? Where, where the Daniels, yeah, yeah, where the Vikings will go in a couple weeks. But, uh, what'd you think of what'd you think of that move, Frank Reich? You know, part of me wonders, you know, what were they expecting? You know, it's like, uh, but there's very little progress from the quarterback, and it's, it's a bad time to be the number one overall pick and struggling and have the number two overall pick playing, you know, almost uh, an MVP caliber season in, in Houston. Biggest difference there is uh, Houston has a, a much better offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think Houston's, you know, Bob uh, Slowick, their offensive coordinator is better than what they got going on in Carolina. So, uh, you know, Frank Reich is now the first guy, at least since the merger, to be fired, you know, in season two, you know, back-to-back -back years. Got fired with, you know, the Colts last, they got fired this year with Carolina. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to get another opportunity as a head coach next year. So uh, he won't be able to extend that streak. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing it. You know, Jack Del Rio loses his job as defensive coordinator after last week's game. Um, you know, they, they, they trade their, their two edge rushers, one of them to Chicago, who's fantastic last night. Yeah. Uh, and then a week later, they or two couple weeks later, they, they fire a defensive coordinator. So there's not a lot of um, equity that gets built up anymore. It's kind of like, you know, you're, you know, it's as soon as you get hired, you're, you're one step close to closer to being fired. It's a non-competitive rebuild going on in Carolina. Someone should have told Adam when he went there. It's a mess in Carolina. I mean, I, I Adam Thielen is probably going to get 500 catches this year just because there's no one else to throw it to. And there's, there's not enough time to look for anyone else. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a mess in Carolina. And, it you know. Mark, uh, speaking of mess, what's going on with Bill, your buddy Bill Belichick up in New England? He's, he's got no quarterback. I mean, he's got, got no quarterback, but uh, is he's he got less than no quarterback. I mean, it's, you know, they kept it, you know, they lose to the Giants. They, they go to the Giants and, and uh, you know, the, <laughs> Um, Tommy DeVito the week before against um, Washington has a great game. Uh, Washington also turned it over six times. So now Tommy DeVito's won two in a row. Uh, Belichick can't win with Mac Jones. He's he's benched him a couple times, and now he's got uh, Bailey Zappi in there. Uh, so he's just operating with, you know, nothing at quarterback. You know, and he did you – know, Mac Jones's rookie year, he got him to the playoffs, which I thought was a was a great coaching job. But since then, it's been it's just been he's like any other coach who doesn't have a quarterback. I heard it was someone was saying it was more a factor of the the team that Belichick's built around him. That if he brings in a young quarterback next year to replace what's his name uh, uh, Jones, then they're going to be just as in bad shape because they, it's just kind of gone south with the the team he's built. Yeah, I mean, I don't I. If you get the right quarterback, he can. They can make a lot of bad go go away. Um, yeah. I don't think you know people. You know Belichick should be. I, I think Belichick has has earned the right to leave when he wants to leave. Yeah. I um, I, I, I want to ask you about Cleveland. I think they're they're kind of an interesting story. They like you said they've been at one of the top defenses in the league this year, and and they've played really well. They've had some interesting travails at quarterback for sure. Um, they got, uh, they got beat by the Broncos. So maybe the Broncos aren't as bad as, uh, we thought they were a couple weeks ago. Um, but now that Cleveland's got some injury problems, uh, injuries to Miles Garrett and DT Robinson and a rid injury to Amari Cooper, uh, their schedule seems favorable in a very tough dif- division. You're our Cleveland expert. What do you think about those guys? Are they going to, are they going to make the playoffs in the tough, uh, AFC this year? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They, they just don't have. I mean, uh, Rob uh, DTR has got uh, concussion. You know, it, it, it was a 14-12 game, uh, and Stefanski goes with this you know fancy double reverse pitch, and they fumble the ball, and Denver falls on it at the maybe the Cleveland 25 or whatever. They take it in, they score a touchdown late, you know, fourth quarter, and it's over. It's like, yeah, man, it's like you know. I don't know what sometimes I think coaches just overthink things. They, they, they got something that, you know, uh, Cleveland is, is going to win when they run straight ahead with power football. Uh, Miles Garrett, you know, they're saying day to day, but, you know, he couldn't. There was a toward the end of the game, whenever his shoulder was bad, 
you know, he, he couldn't even make contact and then they finally mm -hmm. pulled him out. So, uh, you know, it's one of those where, you know, it'd be hard in the, in the AFC, especially the AFC North, um, to, you know, to get to the playoffs or to do anything when you don't have a quarterback, um, that, that, that rookie is, uh, exciting, but he's just not experienced enough. PJ Walker is just not good enough. Uh, and you know, if, if Deshaun Watson is there and he's, He's healthy. Uh, you know, it's a different story, but I, I don't, I don't like where it's going right now. Mm. Uh, speaking of playoffs, the Vikings are six and six, and they still have a sixty percent chance to make the playoffs. In, as we said, the season ends today. They 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 travel to San Francisco, which I would not relish. And uh, where do you see them going? There, you know, a while ago we said their schedule is favorable. I'm not going to say that anymore because the last two games are. Were, were games that I felt they should have won, and they they did not. They they lost in both, and it's really hurt their – I think it's hurt their postseason chances because it brings teams like Green Bay back in and, they, and other teams that are right nipping at their heels. The bye comes at a really good time for this team, but uh, uh, how do you see it happening for them for the rest of the season? Yeah, I, I've never liked, you know, going, you know, this game is winnable, this game is losable. Um, or you, know, you just because everything just changes. I mean, you would think that Cincinnati with Jake Browning is a game where you can go and win, but you know, if they if this team has more, it's it's turnover differential is the only team in the league that has worse than their minus eight is Washington at minus right. nine. Uh, the only thing that's they got going for them is that they're six and six, they're in the seventh spot, you know, last playoff spot. And, and here's what's below them. Green Bay, five and six. Rams, five and six. New Orleans, five and six. Tampa Bay, four and seven. And you got the Giants, Chicago, and Washington at four and eight. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about the Giants. Washington gave up. Washington gave up about a month ago. They're still in the hunt. Uh, Chicago is, you know, I mean, after last night, you got to factor them in. The Giants. Were you know a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, they were the worst team in the league. Now probably New England is. Um, you know, you got to got to look out for them. And then, you know, if the Rams get hot, but look at Green Bay. I mean, that's what they did on on Thanksgiving. You know, it was impressive. They, they have three division games, which helps them, I think. But two of them are against the Lions, which doesn't exactly help them. Well, they, well, they just beat the, the the Packers just beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, you know, Lions looked, you know, just like uh, I'm not saying it's bad as what, what they did against Baltimore, but the Lions really are like, wow, this is an overrated team. Uh, I still think they're they're the, the best team in the division, but they could lose to anybody. Uh, they almost lost. You know, they were they were uh, trailing the Bears with uh, by 12 with about three minutes left in the game. Mm -hmm. And then the Bears went, you know, Luke Getze with the, you know, these inside handoffs and keeping Fields in the pocket and stuff. And just like, come on, uh, Fields is not that type of player. Um, so, you know, the, the Bears would be the worst. And the, 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 the NFC North, it's like, just throw them up in the air where they land could be how they, how the, they could finish because they're just, yeah. you know, they're, there's no one that's any really a whole lot better than the other. Well, neither one of us saw this win 
coming. You might have saw it more so than I did. Uh, this loss last night by the Vikings. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I certainly always have the fear in the back of my mind, but I, I thought no way can they lose this after the Denver game, but they did. But so there's no blood in the prediction segment. Um, but the Vikings are going into their bye week and with plenty to talk about and plenty to work on turnovers being number one quarterback situation is certainly a one a, but, uh, um, you know, I guess I would say to folks uh, in the meantime, so we won't make any prediction now, but in the meantime, you can check out my Viking by coups that are coming up this week, the haikus on the Vikings during bye week that we always do. Uh, a couple questions. AP Adrian Peterson was back in the, the uh, stadium last night to blow the Galler horn. And uh, you think he's going to be a candidate for the ring of honor there. And then also Jared Allen made it to uh, uh, semifinals in the hall of fame. Uh, you being a hall of fame voter, uh, can you give your thoughts on that? What do you think on those two guys and uh, potentially post career honors? Hey, you know, Adrian's, you know, maybe it's not a coincidence. He's back the week before the bye or the bye week. Cause maybe, maybe he'll be a suit up. Uh, I know Adrian still wants to play, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jared, this would be his fourth time. He'll, he'll make a, he'll be, he'll, he made semifinalists today. He'll, he'll be a finalist uh, when we when we figure that out uh, here next month or later this month. Um, you know, Jared last year was was good because of, there was a log jam at, at edge rusher with Demarcus Ware, uh, Dwight Freeney, and Jared Allen. Jared Allen made uh, the final ten. Whenever we get to fifteen, when we meet, we go from you know the modern era guys. We go from fifteen to ten to five, and then we vote yes or no on the five that we get it down to the first two years, Jared didn't even make the first cut to 10 last year. He made the cut to 10, which was, you know, it's a significant move But DeMarcus Ware gets in, in his second year. So that takes DeMarcus Ware off the table. That's great. You know, but then you look up and here comes Julius Peppers and Julius Peppers is a, uh, he made two, not one, but two all decade teams played 17 years uh, you know, Panthers, Packers, and the Bears. He's fourth uh, on the list of, you know, all-time sack leaders, 159 and a half. You know, Jared's like number 12. Um, so, you know, Peppers is going to, uh, my guess, is going to be a first ballot guy and get in. Then, you know, it feels like it's time, based on the discussions we've had, it's time for Jared to, to get in. But you have other guys like Antonio Gates is potentially a first ballot guy. So then you're down to like three, you know, guys left that can get in as a as a modern era guy. And I, I hope that Jared gets in this year because you can put there's nothing that says you can't put two edge rushers in at the same time. Yeah. Um, just put the best five in there. And Jared has waited four years. It's uh, the discussion. It sure sounds like he's one of these guys that's going to get in. Uh, but sometimes it takes a long time for guys like defensive guys like. Uh, John Lynch took, you know, forever, it seemed like to get in. Um, so it's, it's a good, it's a good class of semifinalists. There's some guys on there that can be kind of easy to dismiss. Um, but Jared will be there. You know, another guy that's, I feel like needs to get a little more attention and he certainly will if Jared Allen gets in, it'd be Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams is a guy that has some, you know, he's got, I believe five all pros uh, that just, 
he doesn't even make the semifinalist list. So. No Super Bowl titles for all those. Yeah, guys. And it, with a defender, it, it it's harder when you don't have a a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl win. It's it's kind of funny because the uh, Jared's last game was Super Bowl Fifty when the Panthers came in and lost to uh, got upset by um, the Broncos, Demarcus Ware, and I think that was I don't know if Demarcus played the next year or not, but. Might have been their both of their last games, and Demarcus got a Super Bowl. Um, you know, Jared did not, and so they're very, very, very similar players. And Demarcus got in, Jared has to wait. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd, I'm hoping that this is this is the year for Jared to get in. But Peppers being there really kind of uh, makes it a, another uphill battle. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep an eye on that as it goes down. Uh, in two weeks, the Vikings play, go out to uh, Vegas to play the Raiders. Um, no predictions this week. We'll save that for next week. We will be back next week because this is going to be a news-making week, I think, to a certain degree because, uh, you know, who knows? You know, the quarterback situation is in a little flux. So if there is something there, Mark will certainly pick it up for us, and we'll be back to talk about that. So, Thanks, Mark, uh, for your insights. Thanks, Mike, for producing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we will be back in a week to, to talk about what else is going on with the Vikings. I hope it's a little bit better news than we had today. But until then, thanks, Joe, and thanks to you all. Skull. Skull.